Hello and welcome to the Metapod Podcast, the Pokemon podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. Whether we're here, there, everywhere, Sean and I are up and Adam early Tuesday morning, like literally hours before this podcast goes out, mm-hmm. because Sean was traveling. I just accepted a job and found a house, so I'm like scrambling to move in uh, four days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Saturday, right? Something like that. Yeah, Saturday yeah. I'm moving, so it's uh, it's coming. Thankfully, though, living in my parents' basement for a couple months, <laughs> thankful for that. First of all, but um, I haven't really unpacked anything. No, <laughs> that's a you're kind of like. Luckily, I don't have much to do. Yeah, I, like I, the <laughs> most stuff that I have to pack is like my books, which I mean, I are okay. So funny well, story <laughs> for anyone seeing on YouTube. This is actually the second iteration of the bookshelf. So like I bought books and if you've been watching the YouTube channel, you know, I do a monthly video on the books that I buy. So like taking apart the bookshelf for the first time and packing that up, this is actually like the stuff that I bought this month. (laughs) (laughs) I know you've been buying a lot of manga. It's been a lot because I've I've been uh, working at a bookstore and I get an employee discount. So I've been milk like literally any money that I've made at that bookstore is immediately funded into this wall right here. <laughs> it's insane. They oh got boy. me good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, because I'm moving, I want to give away to a code of someone on YouTube. So if you're seeing this, oh, my gosh, hopefully you're getting this code. If you're on Spotify or, you know, Apple, I'm sorry can't i mean i could read you could read it out but but that would be silly i think yeah so you know what head over to the youtube atrocious gameplay i'll leave that code there in case i don't know (laughs) anyway sean we got a lot to talk about today not only has there been updates from things that we talked about in previous weeks but Starbirth is upon us. Brilliant Star is coming soon. Starbirth, the subset, has come out and released in Japan. So we're going to take a look at a lot of the cards in there. There's a lot, a lot of good cards. It's looking to be like one of the better sets from the last six months to a year, in my personal opinion. But, Sean, we got to talk about the lovely listeners first. Yeah, yeah, we got to do a a five-star review. I actually can read it out this week because... It's not on Apple's wonky. You can't see the reviews on desktop problem. So, yes. So, yeah, this one uh, is from the YouTubes. It is from Cool Hand Luke, which I believe is a movie I should watch. I can't remember if I watched it. Good movie, though. Wait, Good that's movie. A movie. Yeah, yeah. Cool Hand Luke. Never heard of it. Wow. Uh, well, well, look it up. Get your history. Uh, it's an older, it's an older movie. I, th- I want to say it's like the 70s, 60s, or 50s, somewhere in that range. But yeah, uh, supposedly very good. Uh, anyways, five star review, five stars. I don't listen on Apple. I usually listen on Spotify at work. So I came here to give my review. I just started playing the game last year, just before rotation, and I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> I found you all, and I've learned everything I know from you all. You make it so easy to understand the game. P.S. I hope Jake doesn't find a home because I like the wall in the background. <laughs> I, I specifically told Sean that we were going to read this review this week because I did find a home within the last week. So enjoy the wall while you can. Hopefully my new place, you know, I can I can put things on the wall. I can't repaint the wall, but I can put things on the wall to make it fun at least. But again, if you like the podcast, you want to show your support, but 
you know, maybe you don't have money to give Jairoshan your Twitch Prime or anything like that. All you got to do, it's very easy. If you're on YouTube, leave a like, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment. If you're on Apple, leave a review, you know, tell us what you think about the podcast. And if you're on Spotify, leave a rating. Let us know what we are out of five stars. Very, very easy to do. But you know what is easy to do, Sean? What is that? The team challenge. So we kind of talked about, well, I was going to say, well, is it easy to do? (laughs) Actually, it's not super easy to do. There's actually been some complications with the team challenge in terms of, uh, being qualified but anyways we'll get we'll get there eventually i digress the team challenge i talked about this last week towards the very end of our podcast in a little spurt um the team challenge season three is underway so if you do not know what the team challenge is it's an online tournament series that the pokemon company has held since the pandemic era has been so long you know they've started doing tournaments online and this is a specific tournament structure where you compete for your local stores so for instance comic book university was the store that i was competing and playing at in indianapolis kind of like my home home base and uh i qualified for them i won one of the qualifier tournaments and then we played in a big giant bracket for the u.s comic book university versus uh tier one games you know in round one and it's kind of like that type of structure and eventually you know you compete with the other countries as well and things like that but that started within the last couple days january 15th the first stages so some people i know have already done qualifiers they've already competed in their first qualifier uh but this goes on until may 8th so if you're looking around at stores and stuff and you're trying to find places where you can play. Um, it's likely that these stores that you're looking at haven't actually competed yet. Sean, do you plan on doing the team challenge? I know you haven't been doing too much Pokemon lately, but I think uh, what was the what was the store that you play for? Uh, third Universe. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, they did the first two. Uh, so my gut tells me they'll probably do the next ones. The mm. the. My hesitation to do it, to be honest with you, is the more and more time goes on, the less and less I want to spend any money on PTCGO or subsequently PTCG Live, to be frank. Let's um, play Malamar. I mean, I could, but like, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if I qualify, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to only play Malamar during the yeah. event. Because like, who knows, maybe Malamar will be trash. And then like, I also don't want to commit to spending like, you know, a hundred to hundred and fifty dollars in code cards, essentially, to build whatever deck. I mean, that's assuming it's a Mew V Max deck. Less if other decks, but still, it's not. Yes. it's not pri- It's not cheap. I am not like somebody who's usually money. Um, what's the What's the phrase? I am not. I'm Google. not. I am price elastic, as they would describe a consumer. I my mm-hmm. price elasticity is high, uh, meaning I will spend money. I do that. I play multiple card games. But even for me, I'm just kind of like, I'm making choices, uh, bad ones, but I'm making fewer bad choices. And I'm like, ah, I just, if I don't enjoy playing online, why would I spend all of this money to play online? And they did say, they, they did say that you can play in person for the qualifiers. If you're like, if your store has them in person for stores that like are uh, where it's like, okay, like regionally, 
then you can do that. You don't have to buy online cards that. But if you qualify, all of it, that is going to be on PTCGO. So it's like, and th- that for me is the, the reason I, I may not do it. It's just because I'm like, I just don't want to invest money into a platform that I don't play normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But um, should be a lot of fun. I think you probably covered this last week, but like the benefit here is you can play for three, you can play for three different stores in your state that was the weird thing that came out after i think we recorded the pod which is you could play for three stores but they all have to be within the same state which is a little and they say your your state i don't know how they're gonna they're not gonna check your personal location residence associated with your like pokemon account i mean i could tell you right now there actually is no state of residence associated with an account but whatever i have no idea exactly whatever state you register for like you do a qualifier in you have to pick that state for the other two oh okay because i have had i mean you know let's just say i know of stores who've had players from other places play for their previous team challenges Mm -hmm. and so like it's not they don't check they don't care the the mats don't get sent to the players individually the mats get sent to the store the store then distributes the pricing so they don't know your address they don't care but if you are in a region like like let's say dc where you're like well what am i gonna do am i gonna do maryland because it's baltimore am i gonna do i don't know what virginia i guess like richmond and all so just pick whatever places that there's going to be multiple stores if you want to play in the state closest to you. And, you know, yeah, that it's a little weird <clears throat> considering it's online to region lock it like that. But I guess in <sighs> my mind, they're leaving it open to the possibility of like stores being able to have these like irl events in real life events but Mm -hmm. also when we talk about competing for multiple stores so three different stores that's just qualifiers yes so if you don't know in the team challenge you play in qualifier tournaments until you win one once you win one boom you've made it into the team challenge now you're just waiting for the actual like big tournament itself the next phase if you will so that's what we mean by uh that's what we mean by competing for different stores you can jump around but i'm glad that you know the state thing has been clarified and cleared up shout out to will post on twitter for posting faqs and you know updates to all that stuff because he's he's an official pokemon guy big time professor um i'm moving here in a couple days as we've mentioned and i'm moving to a different state so like i was a little worried i was like am i going to be able to play in the team challenge if i want what state do i go in like i was yeah i had all these questions in my head and i looked in the faq and specifically moving during the period didn't solve anything but no your your answer of once you sign up with a store you stick with that state that is a that's way way easier yeah i I mean i think people it's fair to be like it's kind of a weird rule i get it like i wish they would just say you can do it for three stores in your region like obviously the north american players can't play in the eu and and all that fair that's fair but like whatever also trying to counter like super teams that's you you know know, that's a good point you hear in like the nba you know like Kevin Durant joining the Warriors. I know that's like old news now. That's like what seven, eight years ago or something like that 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 happened. But 
anyways, like you get like that and you get these super teams, you know, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch, LeBron James. Um, I don't know if in the team challenge there was really that issue, but I do know of like top players banning together across like states and things like that. And I guess technically they still can do that. Yeah. Like, I mean, they still, they still can. I mean, if you are a high profile player and people all know where you live and you're clearly joining a store, like Pokemon might take action against those players. Like if I doubt it, I I, I doubt it too. But like if Kevin, right, Kevin Clemente, right. Mm -hmm. We, we know that he is in the Northwest area. I want to say Washington state. Yeah. Um, but if he were to all of a sudden join join forces with like, you know, Andrew Mahone or Azul, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And they are, I want to say, in Indiana and Ohio, like, or well, vice versa. Azul just moved to California. Oh, okay. Well. But yes, Andrew is in Ohio. Yeah, like, you know, I think... But it would be a little bit weird for, for a Pokemon company, I agree, to single out any given player just because people happen to know that they don't live there. So I think broadly speaking, you're fine. But yeah, I don't think it was a problem last time. Like the super teams, if you were, were people who like, yeah, if you live in Ohio, there's like a couple of card game stores that like the players that know each other, they're all going to play it the same one then. Yeah. There's like a lot of great players in the, and now like you could actually, yeah, that's nice. So then I think maybe it persuades you more to make a super team because you can compete with multiple or you can compete in multiple stores qualifiers. So mm-hmm. like, you know, it's low risk. You know, if if you have a full grip, hypothetically speaking, if full grip is doing team challenge qualifiers, you know, I bet Andrew Mahone may be playing it. I bet Natalie may be playing in it. I bet um uh, JW probably playing it. That's three players right there that are very, very mm-hmm. good players that I don't really know if I can beat <laughs> consistently in a tournament, you know? So, yeah. so then I would be worried about maybe qualifying for the team challenge. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to a different store then. That yeah. was before, but now, you know, I can jump into there and be like, you know what? I might as well get some good practice, you know, if I don't qualify and boom, there you go. I mean, it's free entry. So like, yeah, I think, I think the biggest bonus to this is when you were originally locked in the, the original ones to like one store that made it so hard for some stores to, to uh, have an event that fired, which means you needed at least four players for each event. And if you had yes. won one of the previous qualifiers, you can't play again. So technically you needed seven players throughout the course, all playing, you know, the events in some combination or other. Uh, But now that, you know, you can go to three, it's much easier for a store to be like, hey, we need, you know, a couple more players for this one. And, you know, they're not, people aren't locked out of playing basically. Yeah. And hopefully ideally, you know, it makes the first tournament as well, even bigger. Like it just naturally makes all the tournaments bigger. And yeah. And I agree. I mean, I know some people that um, this was more in other countries, not in the U.S., but you know, the first qualifier, they attach with the store. It only has five. And then, you know, they can't play any other team challenge qualifier because, well, it just doesn't have enough players because, yeah. you know, like you can't pick a day that everybody's going to be available. Right. Yeah. So you have to bang. If you have six players, ideally, right, you have to assume that, you know, two of the six probably. I think that's kind of a low number, but two of the six won't be able to make it just based on work, yeah, family, trips, school, all that stuff. 
yeah, it's just it's a less punishing way to to or organize it. I think it makes sense. Um, I w- I would recommend on competing for your one or somebody's team challenge store, whichever store you choose, because the prizing, at least for the second one, was awesome. Yeah. Like I just won one of the qualifiers and I got half a booster box of the latest set. Yeah. And like, play mat. Yeah. The pricing. Now, we don't know what the play mats will be, but I my gut says that it, I wouldn't be surprised if there was maybe a. It could be a Charizard playmat. I think it's going to be the next set after Brilliant Star. Because I mean, yeah, because the because the qualifier period ends in in May, early May. So I I mean, they're not going to send these out until several, several months later until like after the tournament's over. Right. Yeah. Usually they they wait the pricing out. Yeah, you could you could be right. And we have no idea what those cards are going to look like. But yeah. Um, I don't know. There's just a part of me that thinks to myself, like it would be, it would be a pretty baller team challenge to do like, cause you have Charizard V star. The other option is Arceus, right? You could have a cool yeah. Arceus play mat. So if you don't remember well, the last one, Ephion and Glaceon, you could, you could, yeah. The evolutions are always a good choice as well. So, um, yeah, if you want more, uh, you know, motivation, just just know that the playmats, like the one from the first team challenge, which I do have, there was a Pikachu, a big Chonkachu that I have playmat. And then the one after that, there was... Um, uh, legendary Bird Trio, because yeah. I got one of those. Yeah, I the got Moltres the Articuno, Articuno, thank God. So, yeah, it would not surprise me then if you see, like, you know, some of the evolutions or something. So, motivation. Anyways, if you need more motivation, well, I don't even know how you would transfer this as motivation. But Sean, do you remember the other week? This was like two weeks ago. We talked about potentially the biggest scam in Pokemon history. Three point five million dollars being lost from Mr. Paul's pocket. Uh huh. Uh huh. So for anyone who does not know Logan Paul, if you haven't heard that name already in some form or fashion, whether that's just from the general Internet or this podcast, bought a case of base set booster boxes in a case. I believe it was supposed to be six. six first edition booster boxes. It would have been the most expensive purchase ever at one time. The Pokemon trading card game, it would have been I mean, it's insane. He paid $3.5 million, and if it was real, it would have been worth way, way more. And, you know, we talked about how Rattle, the YouTuber Rattle, so shout out to this person for really kicking off all of this talk. Um, He investigated and did a series of different videos that, you know what, this doesn't look right you know some things look off and the a lot of people were questioning the authenticity of this box and you know word got around so much there were so many different news outlets posting about this information and you know talking about how logan paul may have been scammed all of this money and news got to him he brought all the people together the person that he bought it from the freaking baseball company that authenticated this like Hmm. but I've already talked about how I feel about them brought them in brought the whole gang in to a hotel room and they opened up the box and wouldn't you know it Sean it was fake yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I I think we it's not us like rattle so we didn't mention this in the original time we, but rattle did a really good video 
you know, going over all the reasons that it was fake. And we, you know, talked about that. And we basically came to the same conclusion he did with all the evidence. Like, yep, yep, this, um, this seems pretty dang fake. And, and I think we, I, you and I both are like, yeah, this is a fake box. And we'll see if Jake ever opens it. And, you know, lo and behold, he did. And I know that my opinion was that this is all... To be frank, probably a big, uh, uh, it's a scam on us, the viewers, more than anything, because Jake and team, I think, knew that it would probably be fake. Um, You know, I think it's all for the views, right? I I don't think that this was actually that much of a surprise to to Logan Paul. I think keep saying Jake, Logan Paul. Um, we did we did uh the week that we covered this we did accidentally say jake it's hard when one of your podcast hosts has that name. also yeah yeah but yeah. yeah i think logan paul had some inkling inclination and after the rattle video i mean look so what's happening here and this is what's interesting like the development apparently uh the person that sold the boxes to not logan but to the person who sold the boxes to Logan. So two sales back. So Logan bought it from Shine. Shine bought it from Card Kahuna, I believe it was, right? And that Card Kahuna, Jacob in this instance, uh, apparently was like kind of harassing Rattle, the the YouTuber, about his, you know, breakdown video that, that talked about how the box was probably fake. And then afterwards, a separate account messaged rattle and basically was like, Hey, I'll give you half a million dollars to take the video down. Uh, no way to necessarily verify a hundred percent that this is his real account, like his uh, private account. But you know, you can make, you can make accounts in minutes, right. you know, and then buy followers to get that account looking like it's relevant. But all that said, I think, you know, enough people have said, like, yeah, it might be his real account, Um, which if it is his real account, super shady thing to do to be like, I'll give you half a million to take the video down. But I don't know. Um, And so the one thing that I was actually curious about, but the the idea that he said, I'll give you half a million to take the video down implies it implicates that he knew he had some knowledge that this box was probably not legitimate right i mean if you're a big time like rattle literally showed off a whole list of a whole slew yeah. of reasons now joe schmo like myself wouldn't know that that was fake without the help of someone like rattle but like if you're if your claim to fame is collecting buying and selling pokemon cards like you mm-hmm. probably looked at that and you probably came to that same conclusion yeah like it's just so i i talked to a friend of mine uh who is uh soon to be a lawyer i should say uh and i, I just chatted with her casually about like so what what does this all mean like if logan if Logan was like doing this because he was like, okay, well, if it's fake, I'll get my money back and it gives me content. So like everybody who's like, oh, you lost 3.5 million. He's already been credited all the money back from, from shine, which is the right thing to do because from Logan Paul's perspective, the due diligence, if you will, on the authenticity of the box was done by baseball card exchange, like a, a trusted seller. And you, you could make an argument one way or another, but like, 
you know, he was going on good faith that this was correct. And so Logan Paul is not actually out any money on the purchase of the box. So all that needs to be done is a refund. That's all fair. Right. Yeah. And he opened it in a very timely fashion from the sale. As far as and we he know. made sure that the guy that sold it to him was in the room as well. <laughs> right. You know, when right. they opened it and the baseball people were in the room as well. So now there is the question then of the person who sold it to Logan bought it for two point seven million from the uh, person. I believe it was Jacob. Um, so the question then is, does the person that bought it from the person before Logan Paul uh, he has not received a refund yet. There is going to be a legal battle. And like, is there any justification to this? Because one could argue that like, depending on exactly when baseball card exchange did the authentication, I can't remember if that was before or after shine, the person who sold it to Logan got the box. Um, but it, it, there is an element of like due diligence on the part of like, hey, there's a lot of inconsistencies. The entire Pokemon community had seen these things on eBay for a while now. Like, it's no surprise to anyone except the person who bought it, apparently. And like, while that person might be able to get some amount of their money back, like, I don't know, man. If I was a judge, I'd be like, yo, uh, unless there was some like actual like fake information handed out, like you bought a thing. Or unless the person that sold it to you knew that it was fake, like knew 100% that it was fake. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because there's a lot of money at stake. Now, it could just be people refunding people all the way down the chain. Nobody actually loses any money. Um, although there could be an argument that Shine lost out on profits from a future sale. You know what I mean? Like what could you have done with that money yeah. otherwise? But I, I don't know. Anywho, it's I all complicated. Say, I don't. I don't think Logan Paul orchestrated a fake box. I just think he happened to come across it and he was like, you know what? I don't really think I can lose here as being a content creator can make videos. Yeah. I mean, like also, you also shout out to <laughs> OK Jayla for making a parody video of <laughs> Logan Paul's video. It was quite possibly the funniest thing I've ever seen that man make. <laughs> I will say the funniest part of the video, there's a, there's a clip of the baseball card exchange guy being like, we all got duped. And it's like, yeah. no, 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 no. You got duped, good sir. You got duped because you don't know anything about Pokemon cards. And all you did was verify. And it's like, well, this tape. And he, they go over like, oh, it, it looks really weathered. And the tape. And it's just like, you know, companies, people can make things look weathered. How do you think? I don't know. Like all it's of like these the theme tape, parks. The tape was like. This is the real box because the tape is embedded in the box. You know, you can see the box lines in the tape and it's like and then they open it up and it's like, oh, yeah, man, that tape was that tape was real on that box. You know, like, oh, man. And he's like trying to pull the tape off and he can't because mm -hmm. like the tape is fake. Yeah. Or something like you can see him messing with the flap of the box and like he's trying to pull off the tape but he can't pull off the tape because it's like it's not real tape and i'm like oh yeah buddy real tape there you got <laughs> the one thing i will say to anybody out there who has psa graded um packs like base set packs and whatever apparently psa was outsourcing the authentication of those packs to baseball card exchange for some amount of time for some amount of packs so now there is actually like a big question mark of whether um, baseball card exchange packs um, 
are uh, I'm trying to find where they talk about it, but yeah, whether whether or not a lot of the baseball card exchange packs, yeah, for their authentic about their authentication process for Pokemon booster packs. So yeah, I think that is now a pretty toxic asset to have in your collection. If you are like if you're spending money, if you're planning on buying them, I would almost say don't buy any sealed like uh, PSA graded packs from uh, anymore, uh, at least mm-hmm. for a long time until they can sort out all of this stuff, um, which is, that, that's a huge thing, right? I know people collect that. And um, it's really sad that it's come out that this company who is grading that clearly is not um, expert at uh, some of this. Maybe they're fine with the packs, but it, it just doesn't look good. Not saying that we're experts and no. not saying that we would do any better. We're just here to give you the information and I, and all of that good stuff. <laughs> But Sean or everybody here, uh, if you're curious, because I don't think we mentioned it yet. If you're curious what was actually in the box, you know, maybe you're not watching on YouTube or you haven't seen the video. It was G.I. Joe cards. So mm. I I did look after the video had surfaced for like eight hours later. I did look on eBay at G.I. Joe cards. And I'll tell you, I, I wouldn't be surprised if those jumped up in price. <laughs> Because they're actually, I mean, they're not expensive, but like I I had in my mind a certain price and then I went on eBay and I was like, whoa, that's actually a, kind of a little bit higher than I was thinking. So G.I. Joe, you know, Logan Paul isn't only affecting Pokemon cards, affecting that G.I. Joe card <laughs> sphere anyway. But did you ever own a G.I. Joe card, Sean? No, no, I did not own any G.I. Joe cards. That Me either. Not... I didn't even know they existed. Yeah, no, but no, you thank know you. It does exist. Yes. Starbirth. Sean. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who does not know, uh, I think it was this last Friday that we just had. So the 14th over in Japan, a new set released called Starbirth. This is one of the final parts, I believe, to Brilliant Star a set that we're getting out in the rest of the world in about a month. So Sean and I are going to talk about our favorite cards from Starbirth. I mentioned in last week's pod that there were a ton of really, really cool cards. I do think that Brilliant Star is going to be one of the better competitive sets. I should say like healthy competitive sets, you know, because we've had some good competitive sets like Chilling Rain and Battle Styles, but Mm. I'm talking like overall healthy, you know, good, the healthy good. You know, you're not drinking a Diet Coke, you're drinking water. Yeah, I mean, I think a return to uh, the potential return to more viable cards that are two prizers, it just helps, right? Um, and if the power level of these two prizers can slowly start to match the three prizers, uh, I think that's just as a good direction for the game to head. So it seems promising, seems promising. Fingers crossed, but Sean, as we're getting into Starbirth, which card do you want to talk about first? Um, I think we can we could probably go over all the V stars just really quick. I know we've covered a number of them already as they were announced, but overall, I would say like the V stars we are getting, it seems like they're what four, right? There's Whimsicott, Shaman, Charizard, yes. and Arceus. Um, of all of those cards. I would probably argue that the Arceus is going to be the most impactful. Um, And that is largely because, uh, A, it's 
V-Star ability, it's GX, <laughs> if you will, um, is an ability and not an attack. Uh, which means that you can activate this and still do things on your turn to close out a game to whatever. Whereas, in my opinion, like the V-Star attacks, like some of them are really cool, like 320. Um, don't get me wrong, that's crazy. We have other cards that exist now as well that can add more damage to that coming out. Um, we're basically getting a Choice Band reprint. So we'll add 30 we'll damage. We'll talk about that later if you don't yes. know what Choice Band is. Yeah, so you'll be able to, to one-hit KO uh, with this Charizard V-Star, but really the flexibility of the Arceus power um, during your turn, search your deck for two cards and put them in your hand. It, it's, and it's not even like, it's not like a supporter. It's like, it's just such a crazy ability that if you can build the right sort of combo turns, I, it's, it's kind of like, I, I think that is game warping because it's colorless. It can, I mean, you could put it in any deck if it wasn't colorless, but you know, it can go in so many different decks um, because it's an ability-based V-Star mechanic. Uh, yeah, I, I think that one will be a really interesting card to see, like, do you build the deck around it? Or is this going to be like ADP a little bit where, you know, it you have to figure out what the right partners are for it, for the meta, for the gameplay, whatever. So that that's my thought on all the V-Stars. What about you, Jake? I think that... I think that in that um, thought, that final thought that you had of the flexibility of RCSV Star, I think is very valid. I know Josh Hatter on Twitter has been making a ton of different like potential lists for RCSV Star. I know he's very excited for RCSV Star and me too, but I do agree with you that even though this card can be placed in a variety of different decks, very flexible card, especially being colorless. Um, only I do think there's going to be a point where, you know, there's only one or two really good options yeah. that are viable to win tournaments, things like that do really well for the deck. I mean, ADP is a really good example. You know, when, when Zashin came out, Keldeo threw, flew out the window, you know, just, just don't really even play Keldeo anymore. Cause Zashin is so good. You know, we had ADP Spiritomb as well. And not saying that ADP Spiritomb was bad because, um, who it was his name Kevin? Yeah, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, during like the first limitless tournament during the invitation when the pandemic. Kevin Kruger, thank you. I couldn't remember the last name, but you know, Kevin Kruger's ADP Spiritum deck was good, but I don't I mean, it was more like a meta call of it being good instead of like something like ADP Zashian, RC Style Palkia GX and Zashian V, where that was just extremely dominant so especially with rcs v stars attack trinity nova doing 200 damage which is pretty good and then on top of that as an effect search your deck for three basic energy cards attach them to your pokemon v in any way you'd like then shuffle your deck i mean a lot of those you know v's that we uh have seen that need a lot of energies that maybe aren't that good for instance maybe colossal Mm. I don't know if Colossal is going to be viable in the next format, but definitely it's more viable, right? Because you have something that accelerates those energies to that Pokemon. You know, although Wailord has Frostmoth and, you know, Sean, I know you love the Wailord V in those coin flips, <laughs> you know, that gives it another option to be viable. So I like Arceus V-Star the best out of all of these. Um 
But personally, I also want to talk about Whimsicott V-Star because, well, I love Whimsicott as a Pokemon. It is a psychic V-Star, and it's got an attack, not necessarily an ability, as its V-Star power. Remember, if you aren't aware about V-Star power and you're hearing Sean and I uh, talk about it, it's basically like a GX attack to where you can only use the V-Star power once per game. So you'll have like a little... Um, counter what's the thing that i the, yeah it's like a thing? gx marker a v-star marker marker that's yeah. the word that i'm looking yeah. for so you have a v-star marker and then when you use your v-star marker in the game you flip it over similar to how gx was but whimsicott's v-star power is for one psychic energy this attack says 60 damage to one of your opponent's pokemon for each energy attached to this pokemon and then for Psychic Color Colorless, the regular attack, tricky win for 160 damage. Your opponent can't play Pokemon tools or special energy from their hand during their next turn. I think this is really, really cool, in my opinion. You know, this card is kind of have a, it has a couple different options. I mean, we have Shadow Rider Calyrex that has the ability to accelerate energies onto Pokemon. So you can build up a bunch of Pokemon mm -hmm or you can build up a bunch of energies on this Whimsicott for the V-Star power, right? 60 damage for each energy, that's already pretty good, you yeah. know, in terms of adding up damage, especially when we're getting in a format where, you know, Whimsicott V-Star has 250 HP, or I said Arceus V-Star. Arceus V-Star has 280, Charizard V-Star, 280, Shaman, 250. So we're getting into that like 240, 290 range, um, I would say. And so 60 times is pretty good. And uh, it says one of your opponent's Pokemon. So it's anything on the board. You know, it's not yeah. just the active. It can be something on the bench that maybe ran away so you can finish it off for some quick prizes before they <laughs> share heal, whatever. Um, and then just with special energies being such a big factor in the Pokemon card game right now, um, you know, tricky win could be a viable option of disruption. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a nice card. I, I mean, does this partner with maybe Shadow Rider Calyrex? Cause you can attach all these energy to it. I'm assuming I think so. And being being weak to metal, right? One mm. of the downfalls of um one of the downfalls of Shadow Rider Calyrex VMAX is being weak to dark Pokemon. So you talk about Umbreon, you know, Umbreon VMAX in the single strike decks. You talk about Gengar VMAX. That spiked up in popularity. We've talked about here on this podcast before. So just having a different option with Whimsicott V-Star to, I mean, the Alcremi was weak to uh, um, metal types as well, but now this being a two-prizer weak to metal instead of a three-prizer, right? Now you can basically guarantee that, okay, they can hit through one of your Shadow Rider Calyrex VMAXs for three prizes, but they got to get through the other, they got to get through two more Pokemon if they if you throw a Whimsicott, you know, because that's only five. Yeah. I mean, this will be interesting to see, you know, where all these V-Stars land. I, I also do like, like, in terms of other abilities, Shaman V-Star has the ability versus an attack. Um, healing 120 for Meet You, Your Grass. Maybe, I think it's good for, you know, the fact that Inteleon 
is like a, a thing right now, like the Inteleon meta for a long time. Like, yeah, this is like a fun once in a game negate to be like, I'm going to reset all the work that you just put in and we're going to start like it's turn one again. But ah, ah, I mean, you know, I don't think you build around this. Charizard is interesting, though, because we haven't had a viable Charizard, I would say, since a really like i mean really viable like leon right, charizard was reshiram and charizard really yeah, yeah. that's that's really that was, the last one yeah so this one i think might have some viability if you can find the right partners um charizard there BMX are is, a couple there are a couple different options there's that new uh stadium that's coming out which mm -hmm. we'll talk about later that will help accelerate energies i mean it's not out of the realm of possibilities that I, I think Charizard V-Star will be good, but it's not going to reach the level of like Reshiram and Charizard GX tag team like mm -hmm. in popularity or potential, but it'll be a deck that people can build, people can have fun with, and people can do well, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, its first attack on the V-Star is not terrible. 130 plus 100 if it has any damage counters, which the stadium, which we'll cover later, does that. So 230, you know, you're sitting in Zacian territory. The problem is it's, it's an evolution that is sitting in Zacian territory, which is, like, inherently problematic. Uh, but, you know, 280 HP is not nothing. Um, so... If you can, if the, if the meta allows the V-Star Charizard to survive and you can knock out a couple of things with these attacks and set up, you know, you set up something with 230, you knock something out with 320, and then all you have to do is a, like one little cleanup turn, and that's all you need to win the game. Like, hey, that's not terrible. So, mm -hmm. but Jake, do we want to move on to the non-V stars? I think we should. So, Sean, take away with Luminion because the next one is the one that I that's like my most excited about card. Yeah, we I think we also talked about this a little earlier, but Luminion coming back into the format, the return of Tapu Lele, if you will, um, a lesser oh, a lesser version of the Tapu Lele, probably. Uh, I think everyone would agree with that. But still getting a supporter out of your deck uh, when you throw this onto the bench yeah, I think this will definitely see a lot more play than um, what's the Eldegoss, right? This will see a lot yes. more play than Eldegoss because you can do this early game. We all know that the game right now is a pretty, it's such a fast paced format that, that waiting for something to get into the trash that's not searchable. It's like, ah, not that's not great. So um, I'll be interested to see like what this really combos well with. My guess is probably, does this go in Mew? VMAX, I'm guessing, just to find your Eloise Sparkle on turn two or turn one? Um, I actually don't know how much this goes into Mew because I think a lot of your depth when it comes to Mew and a lot of your explosive power comes with having only Fusion yeah. Strike Pokemon to run with Genesex ability because Genesex ability, if you don't know, is to draw more cards based on how many fusion strike pokemon mm. you have so this kind of throws it off and there's yeah. no like good way to pick up lumineon right we don't have acerola we don't have az yeah. we don't have um what's super scoop up we don't have that card either so i i mean you may see it but i think that mew is in such a 
good position that it doesn't need it. Yeah. I, what would you, do you have anything in your mind that you're like, you know what? I think this would work real well in that deck. I think this really works well with pretty much anything other than other a than deck. okay fair enough yeah. i like, said the I'm, one I'm deck to be honest like if you're not like a pure single prize deck like malamar mm-hmm. i'll say rapid strike malamar or you're not mu vmax i mean i think this could work in any decks i mean in terms of like urshifu for example rapid strike urshifu you know you need to find melanies or things like that and i mean you've got the drizzle and Teleon line which Honestly, like that kind of hinders this as well. We talk about how this isn't as good as Tapu Lele GX. I mean, the Inteleon line is so influential in a lot of decks right now, mm-hmm. and they can grab trainers. They can grab, you know, your supporter for the turn, and they only cost one prize, and eventually you can evolve the Drizzile into an Inteleon, which can do quick shooting or, you know, grat the shady dealings too, depending on which Inteleon that you play. So um, I think that Luminion can be viable in a bunch of different decks, but I don't think we see it really until rotation happens when the Drizzile shady, when the shady dealings era has moved yeah. away. I think we see Luminion a lot more, um, but I don't think it's like every single deck plays it. All right. So what what you're telling people, Jake, is, hey, pick up your copies now, even if you're not going to use them, because if anyone remembers Eldegoss, uh, not Eldegoss, uh, I'm going crazy. What was Tapu Lele? Tapu Lele got to be like $20 a card. It probably still is, honestly, if you play Expanded. So pick these up now, uh, even if if it's not really perfect for the meta, because to Jake's point of Inteleon, because when Inteleon rotates... And that Drizzile rotates, this will be the best option you have for finding certain cards. And, I mean, we look at this card, it's going to be dirt cheap, I feel like. You know, they're mm. printing out these sets lately that are just wild, wild printing. Luminion is not a popular Pokemon by any means. I would venture to say a lot of people didn't even know this was a Pokemon until mm. we started talking about this card. So, I agree. Go pick those up in a deck that I am going to build and pick up is Raichu V. So, Sean, I'm actually really, really excited for this card. Not specifically because Raichu's on it. I mean, it's not Pikachu. Thank goodness, because we already have enough Pikachu cards. (laughs) Raichu getting some shine. But it's got two attacks on it. The first attack for one lightning energy is called Fast Charge. If you go first, you can use this attack during your first turn. Search your deck for a lightning energy and attach it to this Pokemon. I think that's a really good, cool move. We've seen iterations of that attack, but in attacking forms, not necessarily... um, I don't want to say defensive uh, build-up form. So like fast charge Latios or fast mm-hmm. raid, whatever it's called, and expanded where you donk your opponent before they even play a single card. Um, anyways, this accelerating an energy is really, really nice. There's a couple different ways with lightning Pokemon to accelerate energies. X Flaffy, insert Flaffy with all the yep. Ray, Quaza, VMAX piles that people built and sadly never really got any use of but the second attack for lightning lightning dynamic spark 60 times in damage discard any amount of lightning energy from your pokemon 60 damage for each lightning energy discarded in this way i really like this sean because this reminds me of one of my favorite decks 
that I have ever played in the Pokemon trading card game, and that is Blacephalon GX. Ooh, I like this. Now, so that's interesting. I didn't immediately, my brain didn't immediately go to like, oh, this is a Blacephalon reprint because that, but that's kind of what it is it's a lightning version of lecephalon with the only difference being it doesn't go to the lost zone i think that's where the energy went with lecephalon yes. yeah yes but that's okay because i mentioned flaffy earlier yeah right flaffy continuously gets those energies from the discard pile so if raichu's attack puts them in the discard pile flaffy is going to get them back and i mean really the biggest differences when we talk about blacephalon gx and raichu is again that lost zone that sean mentioned blacephalon's attack put those energies in the lost zone where you could never get them again so you're very limited on energies um but the other one is 60 damage now mm. so blacephalon being 50 prior now we are at 60 which kind of works a lot better i would say in yeah this format that we're in compared to Blacephalon because when we were with Blacephalon, we were with uh, GX tag teams, which were like 260 to 290 HP, unless you were Waylord and you had 300. But now we're into the 300 plus territory, you know, Mu VMAX 310, Urshifu 330. So the Raichu is a little bit better in trying to build that up, I will say. And, um, it's not going to be as good, I think, personally, because one, Urshifu is just too good of a deck, right? Urshifu will just Gale Thrust you, knock you out. Urshifu will snipe your Flaffies, knock well. them out. <laughs> There's more well, cards we we're going to we'll talk about. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But anyways, for that, for the time <laughs> being, as of right now, you know, they're sniping your Flaffies. They're taking them all away. And plus, we don't have a welder type card in this format. That's true. You know, welder accelerating two energies at one time, letting you do three energy attachments per turn with your one attachment from hand. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you don't have anything like that from Raichu. You're just really basing on that fast charge turn one start right that's like your energy accelerant um that's not named flaffy of getting it in the discard and yeah. um so i don't think the deck is going to be as good but i think it's going to be like a cheap deck to build i think it's going to be a fun deck you know i i like getting a lot of energies in play and i like discarding them and putting out a whole bunch of it's a very fun blissevalon was a very fun deck to play and i'm really excited about that card yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think this will be a lot of fun. Um, I think another huge aspect that makes this one just a little less powerful than Bicephalon, it doesn't have the GX attack. For those of you who don't yes. remember, the GX attack of Bicephalon was basically take a prize card yes. for one energy, which is that was what made that deck such a scary closer is because you're a two prize deck, which means it will take your opponent for the vast majority of the time that deck existed three attacks to win right so if you can get the race started first like i'm going to take two prizes and then i'm going to take three prizes and it's like well okay then you knock me out for the first two cool i've taken three i'm at five you knock me out for the second two i just need to find a blacephalon and one energy and get it into the active and i just win and, and that's also oof. in Fun fact, it's also pretty much an auto win in sudden death. Yes, yes. Um, because there was a league challenge that I played in where 
I had a round where I went to sudden death because of like, um, I can't remember why I got damage counters put on me after attacking. Oh, spell tag. Mm -hmm. Spell tag knocked me out and, you know, we went to sudden death and I went second, found an energy turn one from giant hearth and I attached it to my blessephalon. I said, good game, sir. <laughs> GG's. <laughs> I will. GG's. I will take my prize card because <laughs> in sudden death, if you do yeah. not know, you just have to take one prize card. So it's yeah. per. It was perfect for a deck like Blacephalon. But I, you know, I love this. I, I think it's great. I, I think the only thing that maybe is an interesting counter response to this deck is that, like, you do. If you want that fast charge, which you probably do, you need to have a two prizer in the active spot and giving your opponent the ability, the chance to knock it out. To your point, yeah. like, whether it's Gale Thrust, whether it's just Mew VMAX being able to hit 200, not that hard. Um, so there is that awkward, like, in terms of the, the prize trade race, the game is, is kind of fast enough now where it's like, ah, if I give you two prizes turn one, um, I might not, I just might not win. It doesn't matter. I just might not win. So Yeah, it again it's just, it's not gonna be great it's not gonna win you know players cup or you know a team challenge event but it's gonna be fun yeah and i want to have fun but sean what other cards look fun i mean the last couple of v's we'll talk about like honchkrow v you can attach four pokemon tools to it you could get wild you could get four cape of toughness uh you could get four choice bands you could mix and match whatever you want um i think it's an interesting ability i think my gut says that like it would be i'll be interesting to it'll be interesting to see if they print pokemon tool cards in the future that give honchkrow the ability to wall the same way that sylveon um you know uh the sylveon tag team card could mm -hmm. wall things with the different fairy uh tools but you know and yeah 130 is bad right i i said this on twitter 130 your opponent reveals their hand why it doesn't it, unless you can interact with their hand this is kind of like cool i get to see whether or not i lose i don't yeah. want to i don't don't tell me but the fact that there's choice band got printed in the same set makes it 160 at least which means you're two-shotting most things which is like you know some people are like oh you three-shot things and i'm like well no no not really um but i Sean, think it's cool i think that this pokemon is not meant for attacking this is actually honchkrow is a support pokemon if you could scroll down, we're going to jump ahead. Oh, yeah, let's do that. You could scroll down to the little Pachirisu. Um, this this, uh, this little guy right here is what's going to be doing the attacking. This has been making some noise on Japanese YouTube Pokemon deck profile channels. Pachirisu, a 70 HP Pokemon searchable by level ball. Sean, very, very nice. You know I love my level ball. Lightning Colorless is its attack. Does 30 times damage. This attack does 30 damage for each Pokemon tool card attached to your Pokemon. So you get Honchkrow in there. <laughs> you put four tool cards on top of that. You don't have to discard it like yeah. Whimsicott. It's just cards that are attached so you can keep those attachments there the entire game and you could do a decent amount of damage i mean you're a one prize attacking deck so you don't mind if you have to two shot you know like v max or v star pokemon you don't have to one shot things 
And I mean, I don't think this deck will be BDIF, but I think that this is like Pachurisu Honchkrow V is a deck that you take to your locals and you just have a blast. Yeah. You know, you do, you might do well at your locals because local meta is a lot different than like a regional and whatnot. There's a lot more fun at a local meta, but man, like I can't wait to play this deck. I think my that, buddy Kyle showed me a video that someone had made about this deck and it just looks so fun. What's the uh there's a card that would be an expanded now that lets you search out two Pokemon tool cards? Adventure bag. Yes. We don't have anything like that in standard right now, right? No. No, I wish we did because that would be so nice if Adventure Bag was around. But yeah, but, that card from Lost Thunder, I believe it was, is not uh in any form or fashion. You have to drizzle it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just trying to think of like, you know, how do you cause it you could if you have four haunch crows and they're all loaded up with four tool cards, this Pacharich is doing four hundred. What is that? What would that be? Like thirty times twelve? No, thirty times sixteen. Yes. So that would be four hundred and eighty damage on a one prize. Way more damage than you ever need. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I mean like if you have a deck that can draw cards, because that ultimately, mm -hmm. between drawing cards and maybe some amount of search, but if you have a deck that wants to draw a lot of cards, like you load up on Professor's Research, uh, maybe the new like Cynthia or whatever, just to like cycle and see. Because if you get these Huntress down, it's not like you'll be you'll need to discard a bunch of your tools. Just attach them and keep going, right? Um, yeah, I think I did not. I did not know that this Pachirisu existed, Jake. I'm not gonna lie. So I really like that combo. Yeah, it, it's very very cool. I think it's also gonna be a cheap option uh, to build. But Sean, if we could go back to Sharon's Sharon's care real quick, we're mm -hmm. gonna start talking about these supporters that are in this set. This one is going to be comboed, I think, a lot with Arceus V Star and potentially Luminion V. So Luminion V, if you do not remember, we talked about it earlier. When you put it down on your bench, it has the ability to grab a supporter from your deck. Arceus being a colorless Pokemon as well. Arceus V-Star being colorless. We look at Sharon's Care, the supporter. Put one of your colorless Pokemon that has any damage counters on it and all cards attached to it into your hand. So... Sean, Arceus V-Star, you know, we talked about the attack Trinity Nova accelerating three energy cards and attaching it to your Pokemon. It would be really, really cool, you know, if since we're in kind of a two-shotting format a lot of times, your Arceus V-Star uses Trinity Nova, accelerates the energies, it gets hit for some damage, right? Doesn't KO, maybe even gets close for like a setup quick shooting, you know, knockout later, it would be really cool to put a Luminion down, go find your Sharon's care and pick up that, uh, that, that RCS V star. So you don't give up any prizes. And then because you accelerated energy on your previous turn, you just go into the next attack. And mm. so I, I mean, you don't play this if you like, you only play this if you have RCS V star, right? I think there are other cards you could combo this with. What is, like, I'm trying to think, like, you know, Togekiss, I think it is, or Toga. Oh, yeah, 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 Togekiss Yeah, VMAX. Togekiss VMAX is interesting. You can go get cards out, and you could play that as, like, a Togekiss control deck a little bit, where, like, as long as they're not one-hit KOing you, 
you just are playing and you can just loop some Sharon's Care with Palpad over and over again. Like that's a really interesting little combo there. Um, you obviously have to have something to go into. That is, I think, you know, a one of the challenges. But if you have two VMAXs and they can't one shot you every turn, then you just keep doing this and you're just you're rolling. Another card. What is Ditto VMAX's attack? I it's like three colorless energies, I believe, for Ditto VMAX. But um, Max Transform. Choose one of your opponent active Pokemon attacks and use it as this no. attack. No. Uh, what about? Uh, I'm just trying to think about like um, Cramorant. Cramorant VMAX is also a colorless, right? Yeah, Kramer and VMAX is the coin flips, which is actually the uh, latter reward right now. Yes. Kramer and VMAX. Uh, 80 damage for three colorless, or 80 times, I should say, for three colorless energies. Flip a coin for each energy attached to this Pokemon. This attack does 80 damage for each heads. Now, unfortunately, we don't have the Porygon Z yes. anymore that accelerates energies, but we can also, Sean, look at another colorless Pokemon that has made some noise. Greedent. Yeah. VMAX, Greedent. I want to make sure that I get all of the uh, words right, and I forgot how to spell Greedent. You remember Turn a Profit, Sean, mm -hmm. for two colorless energies, 30 damage. If your opponent's basic Pokemon is knocked out by damage from this attack, take two more prizes, poor little Sobbles. Yeah, and then you have that new energy that we will talk about coming out that is you can attach it and just go go right off the bat. Um, yeah, I, I think this could be a really interesting little like combo piece that makes, cause I don't think that colorless Pokemon have really had a home for a long time. Um, and that's largely because their attacks, because they're colorless. I, I think the Pokemon company tries to make sure that they're not too broken because like, if you have a really good colorless Pokemon that you can use any energy on, like, I can't remember the last time that we had one that was just like, it felt broken, but it's definitely something they're concerned about. But, you know, this maybe gives it like a special little something to be like, hey, you know, play colorless a little bit. You know, it's not the most powerful type type, but like now if they can't knock you out, they can't win the game. So that's just it. A lot of times with colorless Pokemon lately, we've seen it as kind of a one of in different decks to like maybe counter, you know, if, let's say, for example, we're back in the sun and moon era or last rotation, I should say, where we had Welder in the format, you could put double V in your Welder box deck. And if you hit a water type Pokemon, you know, double V is a good substitute. It's probably mm -hmm. not going to get one shot, right? Because it's not weak to the water Pokemon like all of your fire Pokemon would be. Um, so that's kind of how we've seen colorless Pokemon, I will say, within the last two years yeah. are just like one of options you know to avoid weakness i will say yeah uh but one of the uh one of the fire accelerants that we're getting or i i shouldn't say it's an accelerant it's actually a d accelerant kindler the supporter discard a fire energy from your hand in order to use this card look at the top seven cards of your deck choose any two you find there and put them in your hand shuffle the other cards back into your deck it's like rotom phone but you get to get them right away almost 
It's interesting. Uh, if you need a discard outlet for fire energy, fine. Uh, personally, I'm just like, I don't know if there are that many decks that are so precious about the cards that they don't want to like, because this is your supporter for the turn. That's just my yeah. opinion. I'm like, I would rather just see all seven and have access to all seven, thin my deck out, all that good stuff, you know? So mm -hmm. I don't know. Situationally, maybe, but, but, uh, eh. But Sean, I think the next card is even better. Let's talk about Cynthia's Aspiration. Yes. So Cynthia's Aspiration, a supporter. Draw until you have five cards in your hand. If any Pokemon were knocked out during your opponent's last turn, draw until you have eight <sighs> cards instead. Sean, you know I'm a fan of Rapid Strike Malmar. Pure single prize deck. Doesn't have any Vs, doesn't have any Vmaxes. It's all little baby Pokemon in that deck and a lot of other single prize decks. You play a Bruno mm -hmm. in those right now where you shuffle your hand. And if your Pokemon was knocked out last turn, you draw seven cards. This card, Cynthia's aspiration, I think is just better. Yeah, honestly, it's a better Bruno. I mean, not only do you get one more card if your Pokemon wasn't knocked out last turn? Bruno being draw four cards, Cynthia draw until you have five cards in your hand. But with the knockout as well, it's also one extra card. Bruno being draw seven, Cynthia's aspiration being draw eight. I've, I've made a perspective Malamar list because you know that's like the only thing that i can build and uh I've, I've made a perspective list and i have taken out my brunos and i have put in my cynthia's aspirations in replace i think this is a cool card i think that most all single prize decks should play this mm -hmm. um i don't know about i mean two prizers per se but i mean the whole draw until you have eight it's great if you're a single prize deck, it just depends on if you're a single prize deck that generally empties your hand every turn because it's not draw eight. It's I think that's the key. It's not like the old Cynthia where you shuffle draw. You draw until you have that X number. So if you're just sitting on like a handful of stuff that you can't play, whether it's Pokemon or whatever, um, it's actually a pretty dead card. So I think also that, I mean, we talk about what's in the format right now. So like Barney is a huge card in the format still. Mm -hmm. I mean, people still play it. People still use it, all that jazz. And so, you know, a lot of people will talk about how they got Marnied for game. You know, they mm -hmm. got Marnied into a completely dead hand, couldn't do anything. And that's how they lost the game. Well, look at that. You get Marnied into a dead hand, you can at least draw some cards. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. Yeah, you could draw three cards. <laughs> I mean, three is better than just once per turn, that's, Sean. That's I, true. At the beginning of your turn. That's but, true. Sean, what card do you want to talk about next? Uh, I mean, Roseanne's backup is good for control decks. I think we talked about that before. I'm also conscious of time. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I'll skip ahead to... I mean, the meme pot helmet is a bit of a meme. Let's be frank. Uh, it, it's only works on single prizers and they take 30 less damage, which like. Doesn't okay. feel like enough. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, unless you're playing like a single prize, like Waylord or something that is like, or Agron or something that's like 200 plus HP. I'm kind of like, okay. But really choice belt, choice belt is huge. 
Um, doing 30 more damage to your opponent's active Pokemon Vs or Vmaxes. Um, I think that it, that's absolutely fantastic, I think. I think um, it's definitely a little scary because Mew Vmax can play this too, which yes. is like we complain about how powerful Mew Vmax is, and it's like, aha, you've, this is, I think, the first set that's come out where there is not an obvious counter to the last set's best deck. And mm-hmm. this actually makes the last set's best deck even better. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that for me, is the next main card. But, Jake, just looking at a couple of the other trainers left here, what are your thoughts? We've got Collapse Stadium. I don't know if we've talked about this card at all, but Collapse Stadium is a stadium card. Each player's Each player can't have more than four benched Pokemon. If more than one effect changes the number of bench Pokemon, use the smaller number. So maybe that indicates that later in the uh, format, we may get something that makes it even smaller Hmm. than that. I know Avery says uh, three bench Pokemon, so that you would go to three in terms of that. And then if a player has five or more bench Pokemon when this card is played, they discard Pokemon until... They have four. We've seen this. I believe it was Parallel Stadium. Yes. Back in X and Y era, somewhere around there. It's a card that has been out of the standard format for a long time, but I know a lot of people were excited about this stadium coming back, kind of like that counter to Mew VMAX, you know? All right, take away uh, Pokemon, although, because Avery, you know, Avery's real cool, but <sighs> do you really want to play? draw three like <laughs> yeah it's this that, that other one hurts you probably as much as it hurts your opponent and you're like oh no thank you so yeah but i mean if you're if you're a deck that doesn't want to spam fill your bench like mm-hmm. Mew or rapid strike malamar then i mean you're you may be okay with it but yeah. sean there's a couple more cards that we should talk about so which one do you want to do i mean magma basin Anybody mm-hmm. who was excited about who who loved Welder and is sad that Fire has not really been very good, you rejoice for Magma Basin. Uh, get your gold copies if if and when they come out. But yeah, once during each each player's turn, important to note uh, that player may attach a Fire Energy from their discard pile to one of their benched Fire Pokemon. Benched as well, also important to note. Uh, and if you do, you put two damage counters on it, which like eh, might be impactful, may not. Eh. But do you uh, know that Charizard that we mentioned earlier does more damage with more or does more damage, damage if it has damage counters? That's right. That's right. So, but it's a nice fire acceleration because, like, you have your attached for turn, you can Magma Basin, and you can Raihan, if you will. And that's three energy, one turn, boom, you're ready to rock and roll, which, you know, it, that's kind of for the most part in the history of Pokemon, like, three fire energy or three energy on a fire type was kind of like that's how fire operated and then without welder they've had to go back down to two like with victinis but they're just not powerful enough in a lot of metas um so i'm really excited about that so but sean an energy that is maybe not so powerful in the sense of packing a punch it is going to be powerful in the sense of being used double turbo energy so this is a special energy that is coming out while attached to a pokemon this card provides two colorless energy this is any pokemon you know this isn't like twin energy where it's restricted to only non-rule box pokemon etc etc attacks from the pokemon this card is attached to deal 20 less damage to your opponent's pokemon so we talked about togekiss 
earlier. Sean Togekiss has two colorless energies that it needs in order to attack. Max Profit from Green and VMAX, two colorless energies. And so with different modifiers like the uh, Choice Belt going on, you know, also they have the powerful energy colorless Pokemon do. You know, you could do still some substantial damage with this card attached to your Pokemon, even though you're dealing a little bit less damage. But also, it helps those colorless Pokemon, you know, get up a little bit faster and get going a little bit faster than usual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think double colorless as a card that could be used on the main attacking Pokemon in the game is something we've been missing since it rotated, and you haven't really seen played on anything meaningful since Zoroark, right? And so they obviously wanted to rebalance the double colorless mechanic, and I think this is a great solution, right? Which is like, you're going to do 20 less damage, but, you know, one attachment for two energy, um, I'll be really interested to see if... I, I'll be interested to see if they eventually make a double dragon energy return as well, just because, like, I think dragon Pokemon are kind of in a weird spot, and this doesn't really help dragon Pokemon. This really helps, like, primarily colorless, I would say. But, you know, mm -hmm. some others as well. Uh, but I, I like this. Um, you it, know what else I like, Sean? <laughs> yes. I love my little Manaphy uh, down here. So Manaphy, 70 HP Pokemon, very good for level ball decks. Ability Wave Veil, Sean. This is the highly regarded ability of prevent all damage done to your bench Pokemon by your Pokemon's attacks. So the wall protecting your bench is back. Bench barrier is back now in terms of wave veil, wave veil. Say that five times fast, <laughs> Sean. But I just want to clarify that just because we're getting Manaphy back, that does not mean your Urshifus are toast. You know, that doesn't mean your Jolteons are toast. If you remember when Mew was in the format, it wasn't an auto win no. against those decks, especially when we have quick shooting in the format, Sean, and being able to place pings yeah. everywhere on the field because Manaphy doesn't affect damage counters it just affects damage from attack so abilities like zigzagoon and quick shooting italian do not get blocked by this Manaphy can still like get taken down it may stall out your opponent yeah. and especially for a single prize deck you know it may mean that your bench doesn't get absolutely <laughs> annihilated by jolteon or urshifu but they can still knock out that Manaphy. They can still get around, you know, the ability that you have with Manaphy. And, but it's definitely going to help out a lot of decks, especially when you talk about ones that have those bench sitters. So Rayquaza VMAX is a really good example. I think Rayquaza is going to get a boost. I don't think it's going to be BDIF, but it's definitely going to be better now that your Flaffies <laughs> don't die immediately. I mean, like you were saying earlier, Raichu, Raichu V. You need the Flappies mm -hmm. to stay on the bench to reaccelerate energy, all that good stuff. And yeah, now there's an actual, I think you're right. It doesn't, it's not an auto loss for the Urshifus if you see this, but what it does say is it's not an auto loss for the decks that require setup. Cause yes. that, I think that was the problem is without Mew, um, like setup deck, bench setup decks do auto lose essentially to the, um, the spread decks. 
like here's a good example of what you have to do right now as a single prize deck against something like Urshifu or uh, even Jolteon. So in Rapid Strike Malamar, when I go up against a Jolteon or a Rapid Strike Urshifu, I have to get like three NKs on the board at one time mm -hmm. to guarantee that I'll be able to attack next turn. That sucks. That's yeah. so hard to do. Um, and so now with the mana fee, you know, they have to go through my mana fee in order to start taking more multi prize turns. And so that's going to be a huge, huge help. And I know a lot of setup decks are really going to love that, Sean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so pick yours up now. It looks like I want to say if I'm on this, it looks like it's an uncommon, if that's correct. So it shouldn't be as expensive as Mew Bench Barrier if it prints in English as an uncommon. I bet it's also going to be a pre-release promo. That would be, yeah, uh, maybe. Mew from maybe. Broken Bots, I don't think mm -mm. It was, was not. a pre-release promo, but it was a Hidden Fates promo. It, it was a pin. It was a pin collection promo. I don't know mm -hmm. if this will be a pre-release only because I don't know what, I don't know, because usually pre-release promos have some playability in the actual pre-release format, but like, I'm not really sure what is being printed in the set that would do bench damage that would be a problem but I just want a really pretty art and a really pretty stamp with my manaphy sean that's Get off fair my back. that's fair i would like it i would like it to be a pre-release promo i'm not sure if it will be but fingers crossed um I let's don't... talk about one more okay, card one more there's one more card i want to mention not necessarily oh super it's not on the list oh, okay the barrel so it's it's like Three cards under the mana fee if you want to go back okay, up. Okay, I'm going back up. Let's see. This the one. Borrow a stage one colorless 120 HP Pokemon with the ability Hardworking Fangs. Once during your turn, you may draw cards until you have five in your hand. It's got attack for three colorless 100 damage. Flip a coin of tails. This attack does nothing. Forget I ever said that. You know, it's just think about the ability. <laughs> Drawing cards until you have five in your hand. This is exciting. I think this is a cool ability. I think this is a cool supporting Pokemon. Now, do I think that it's really great? Do I think it's going to take over the meta? No, but I do think that Bibarel is going to see play in a lot of rogue decks, a lot of hmm. single prize decks, you know, especially when you talk about some of the decks that, you know, you lose a lot of things from your hand. A lot of times, you know, being able to build up that hand again. I don't think it's going to be played in Malamar. I keep thinking about Malamar. This is the Malamar podcast where we talk about all sushi rolls and all that stuff. But I do think this is a cool card and I do want to highlight it real quick because I know a lot yeah. of people are actually excited about this one. I think it requires a single prize deck that doesn't need combo bench. So like Malamar, mm -hmm. you need a bench full of combo. Um I think the Pachi Risu is the same way. It's not. It's kind of a single prize deck, but like you need all the Hans Crows. And I think if there is a deck where you can have like one attacker and then one in reserve, and then the rest of your bench is kind of open for tech cards like Mana Fees and Bibarels and all that stuff. If a deck ever like like that ever were to come about, where like the attacking Pokemon does all of its stuff on itself, um. I think this is a great card of that because draw until you have five is crazy that we mm -hmm. have, I, I, you know, I don't, I can't remember the, any time we've ever seen a card that says draw until you have five, especially on a single prize. Like anybody who remembers way, way back there, like there's an Orangaroo that lets you draw until you have three. 
Yeah, um, I think Octillery is the last one. Yeah. So I think the Octillery, I can't remember what the Octillery card exactly said, because it's a little bit of an older card. Abysmal Hand, draw until you have five in your hand. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so, that was back in X and Y Breakthrough. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, but I mean, Abysmal Hand Octillery, <laughs> a stage one Pokemon, right, similar to Babaro, was really, really good. Okay. It's played in a lot of decks. I mean, it's very, very good. Now... I mean, the format's a little bit faster, as we mentioned, and Bibaro is not going to have that same fame, but <laughs> it's a good ability that's going to be used. Yeah. Um, the only other card, I'll mention one more as well. I'm just also conscious of time, and I want to keep the yes, listeners... Yes, Sean is Sean is a very busy, popular person right now. <laughs> uh, is Ultra Ball. It's not on this list, um, but... For those of you who have heard the tales of Ultra Ball but have not seen it in standard for nigh these last three years, um, yeah, if you if you happen to have old copies, dust them out. Uh, you probably heard this already, but yeah, it's coming out with Brilliant Stars. Um, who knows how crazy it will change the format, but like, it's just a good card. Um, if you got your old gold ones, get them out as well and sell them because now you're a millionaire. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> Ultra Ball. And there's a new gold Ultra Ball that's coming out as well. So you'll have three different gold Ultra Ball choices. Um, so that's very exciting. Before we end off the day, we're going to do like a future site mini. Mm -hmm. It's been a while since we've done a future site. Things have been hectic, but... If you did not see, PTCGO went under maintenance over on January 11th. And uh, it was interesting because the description of the update, kind of the, the patch notes, so that infrastructure upgrades could be applied to support account migration for the upcoming Pokemon TCG Live app. Those were the details of the update. So, Sean, we're going to do a future site mini. Do you think PTCG Live is going to launch alongside Brilliant Star? No. You don't? I don't. And part of it is I have not heard any news about how they will manage the how they will manage PTCGO versus live coexisting like if you scan something into one, does it automatically show up in the other? Like after the account migration is done, right? Is it is it synced? But the reason I say that is the team challenge has been confirmed. The qualifiers go till May. And then after that, you can't expect people to like buy a bunch of new cards on PTCG Live to play in the, you know, all the qualifier, the, all the like rounds after that. So I don't know. I, I worry that because they've chosen to do the team challenge on ptcgo that we at least until may may be living in a ptcgo world now it may be that there's just synchronicity between the two anything you own on one gets owned on the other and if you add new things to the collection it just automatically syncs fine um i however doubt that is how their back ends work between the two systems so that's why i um I think it would be a lot to ask of the community to maintain a PTCGO account post-migration and a PTCG Live account. 
I will agree. I was going to say no as well. I think that's kind of like the not popular answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think especially with what my ju- my justification was going to be the team challenge as well. You know, with that going on, it seems really weird to it seems even in my opinion, really weird to have the qualifiers on PTCGO and then the next rounds on PTCG live. Yeah, like I know it's like a little bit of distance in time between the two, but I mean, I still think having the one tournament on two different platforms is like weird and not very good organizationally in terms of, you know, I, I've done event management like I basically majored in event management and it, it just seems like a really weird choice, you know, in yeah. my opinion. I've never organized a Pokemon tournament, but I, I just don't like that. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think Pokemon will do that. So I don't know when it'll come, though. I mean, I would like for it to come sooner rather than later, as most people would. I know a lot of people, even in my Discord server, have been talking about, you know, I'm just waiting for PTCG Live. And you know what? Me too. I, You know, we'll see. We'll see with the account syncing. It may be that when it launches, maybe they'll launch it prior to that. And it'll just be like, hey, we're opening up the beta testing to all the people if you want to hop in. And then mm-hmm. if, that might be how they do it. And they just won't host any official like Team Challenge stuff and... And maybe there'll be a button on PTCG Live. Maybe part of it is when you log into Live the first time, it transfers. And then later on, you can have like a manual transfer button when they choose to migrate everybody. Like, who knows what they're planning on the back end? You know, there are very valid reasons why we both might be wrong. But lowest common denominator, if we take, take all of that, like the fewest assumptions I can make leads me to a conclusion that no it will not be launching it'll be interesting we'll see how it goes and you know what sean when all of that comes up we on the metapod podcast will give you the update on it we'll tell you everything that you need to know so that is it for this week of the metapod podcast make sure you tune in next week we've got an exclusive special interview lined up it's going to be really really good i won't be there because well i'm moving and the place that i'm moving (laughs) to doesn't have internet so i gotta install my own internet so which is fine i don't mind doing that but you know we have we have lined it up so you're going to get an incredible metapod podcast episode next week especially if you want to build decks once brilliant star comes out and you want to see what cards you need to get by brilliant star make sure you come back sean have a great rest of the day i will see you soon not next week but soon (laughs) 